What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Sex and Self podcast. My name is Felicia, and I'm your host. And this episode is a very special solo episode sponsored by Directs Canada. This episode, I'm going to be talking about first. Yep, first relationships, first times, and the first time having sex. I get these questions quite often. When am I ready to have sex? What do I do in my first relationship? How do I get my first partner? And how do I deal with all of these firsts in the best way possible? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. So for first-time relationships, I know that they can be super, super scary, especially since sex ed is so inaccessible to so many. And we've all seen, whether it's you know, viewed them or experienced different relationships, whether they were healthy or unhealthy or everything in between. So here's some things to think about. In my opinion, consent is the most important element to any relationship, especially ones that engage in any sort of sexual interaction. So understanding how to give and receive consent is a number one. Knowing that consent can be given and taken back at any time is the most important thing to know and understand. And I want to say that again. Consent can be given and taken back at any time. And knowing that you have autonomy to say yes to something, and then right after that changing your mind, is super, super important. And for some people who are still like unsure about my consent ramble, If your partner is not giving you an enthusiastic yes, you don't need to engage. Don't ask again. To have any consensual interactions, both parties have to be happy, excited to engage in what they're doing. And if nobody wants to be there, why would you want to be there in the first place? If your partner doesn't seem excited to be there, maybe you should go find another one. So... Something that we often forget is how important age is in our first relationships. Most people are getting into, you know, their first relationships when they're a teenager or a young adult. And when I was younger, I used to date people who were way too old for me. Um, And I really didn't understand how harmful that was. Now, something I wish someone really took the time to explain to me when I was getting into my first relationship was about communication. And without clear communication, none of these variables that I just talked to you about um, can be expressed within the relationship. One thing that I learned when I was 19 years old, um, when I was dating someone that was a little bit too old for me, is that communicating relationships expectations are so vital in protecting yourself and your feelings. This also helps you communicate your relationship expectations and desires. So if you want to be monogamous, if you don't want to be monogamous, if you see this as a long-term or a short-term thing, what do you expect your partner to do to fulfill you emotionally and even sexually, et cetera, et cetera. So when getting into something new, I really encourage you to ask some of these questions. Am I looking for something short or long-term? Am I looking for something monogamous? Am I seeking out sexual experiences? What are my expectations for my partner? These these questions obviously have to be a conversation. 
But if you're getting into something new, I would really encourage you to start these questions with, with or without your partner. And then have your expectations set out for yourself and then bring them to the table with someone and say, okay, let's go from here. So now that most of y'all, so the next question is, how do I know when I'm ready? Most of y'all know that I do a lot of work with high school students about sex and sex education. And I think the number one question that I get asked all the time is, how do I know when I'm ready to have sex? You know, people think there's a universal number or answer or, uh, you know, a one size fits all option. But there really isn't one. So things that I think are important to ask yourselves are the following. Do you respect your partner? Do you fully and wholeheartedly understand the difference between coercion and consent? Do you understand the ramifications of having unsafe sex? And what is your plan of action if an unplanned pregnancy occurs, if this is a possibility for you and your partner? Now, I want to get into this in a little bit more detail. So the respecting your partner question. Respecting your partner works at the core of all sexual acts. This means respecting their choices, respecting their safe decisions together, and respecting them as a human being. Even if the sex is casual, it's important to understand that human beings are sexual beings as well, and these are not mutually exclusive. So if you can't understand that your partners are multifaceted and are able to be individuals outside of the sexual acts that you both consented to, you're not ready to have sex. Everyone is still a human at the core, and it is so important to respect that, whether you're engaging in sexual activity or dating or whatever that may be, we all have to move forward with more respect for one another. Something that doesn't get talked about a lot is the difference between coercion and consent. And understanding coercion becomes challenging for so many. I think it's because we're not taught about consent at a very young age. So by definition, coercion is compelling a party to act in an involuntary manner by use of threats, including propaganda or force. And it doesn't even have to be this aggressive. Now, this goes beyond threats and sexual contact. Any form of persuasion, tiptoeing the line of coercion, as I said earlier, if your partner is not stating an enthusiastic yes, then don't do it. If your partner says no multiple times and then eventually says yes, that's coercion. It doesn't need to be as aggressive as the definition makes it. So ask the question once and go back to the question of respect and respect their answer. Now, the question of do you understand the ramifications of unsafe sex? So if you're choosing to have sex, here are some things to keep in mind. Now, a bunch of adults are going to tell you to wrap it up, prevent sparing STIs, but that's not all. And I'm not here to try and scare you, but there's a bunch of information that I wish I knew I kind of had in my back pocket before I started having sex. So the STIs are the big one, but for vulva owners, risk of infection. Vulva owners are at a larger risk of infection like bladder infections and bacterial vaginosis due to their genital makeup. Even though penis owners can get bladder infections, their urethra, so your pee hole, is much longer, which in turn limits the movement of bacteria, which then reduces the likelihood of getting a UTI. 
While these infections may not be a huge deal, they are very, very uncomfortable and really suck. And for vulva owners, many people recommend condoms and peeing after sex to avoid this, but this is not an 100% guarantee. Now the big one, STIs and HIV. While I think most people have a lot of information on STIs, I think it's important to note that STIs are treatable if diagnosed early, which means getting tested every three to six months, depending on your sexual activity is crucial. And what I personally do is I get tested after every sexual partner just to be safe. If left untreated though, and if you don't learn your lesson the first few times, individuals can have long-term effects. And this can sometimes lead to infertility, especially for uterus owners. However, this is not to stress. If you get an STI, go to your doctor. You just have to take some antibiotics and try your best to explore safer practices in the future. And you know the drill. The last point is always barrier methods. Condoms, dental dams, you know the drill. And you know exactly where to get them at DurexCanada.com. Shameless plug. And the last fear-mongering question is pregnancy. And this isn't just a vulva owner problem. Whoever is consenting to having sex needs to take responsibility for their decisions. But this does not mean the responsibility of bearing a child. Nobody consents to that when engaging in sex. However, having an action plan in place for you and your partner can alleviate some stress in these stressful situations if they do occur. And supporting your partner is a good action plan, but make sure your prevention plan is as effective as possible. So contraception, birth control, barrier methods, whatever you choose. All right, so we've prepped, we've planned, and now the big question, what do I do? It's my first time and I'm nervous. We're gonna talk about virginity and having sex for the first time. So you've done the 1,000 questions and you're ready to have sex. Congrats. One of the first things I want you to understand is virginity is a concept. So I don't like to use that term too much. There is not one way to have sex for the first time. Sex is whatever you want it to be. Oral sex, vaginal sex, anal sex, and any kind of sex. Your sex is yours. And the concept of virginity has been used to historically oppress women and shame them for their choices. To keep oppressing literally everyone for choosing to have sex the way they want to, it's just like, it's just so old, you know? Like, let's get over it. Virginity also oppresses straight men by making them feel like they have to be these very toxic men and they have to be very hyper-masculine and take things from women. And it also oppresses gay men because it excludes them from the rhetoric inherently. And the list goes on and on beyond just the binaries of gender. The most important thing to think about though is to just do whatever makes you feel good. Use lubrication, use protection, and follow my tips and tricks and you should be fine. Communicating with your partner and doctor to keep you safe, happy and pleased throughout the experience that you and your partner choose to have together is all that you can ask for. And I just wanna remind you that when you have sex for the first time, you lose absolutely nothing. 
what really happens is you gain a new experience, you learn a new skill, and you seek some really amazing pleasure. And that sounds pretty nice to me. Now, virginity isn't something that I want to totally dismiss because I think it's still really present. But I think seeking out whatever you think is best for yourself and doing it with all of the tips and tricks that I just laid out for you will ultimately give you the best sexual experiences and encounters as possible. So with that in mind, I'm really glad y'all took the time to take. So with that in mind, I'm really glad y'all took the time to listen to this episode. Let me know what you think about solo episodes. I'm excited to do more with Durex. And I'm excited to hear from y'all about what y'all think and what y'all want to know more about. So thanks for taking the time to to listen to the Sex and Self podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, and I'll see you next week.